Welcome back to another episode of Melanin Matters. I'm Kia. And I'm Indira. And you can follow us at underscore Melanin Matters. What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Melanin Matters. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about destroying the black family structure. And I wanted to talk about this because I saw a tweet. Well, I actually saw it on Facebook, but it's a tweet from this girl. And she said, niggas got three plus baby moms, never even attempted to marry any of them, but on Twitter talking about homosexuality destroying the black family structure. No, nigga, you destroyed three family structures on your own with no help from homosexuals. So I just wanted to chat about this today because I think that it's a very ignorant way of thinking to blame homosexuality for the destruction of the black family when the destruction of a black of the black family has been systemic and has been happening since slavery so um I'm going to talk about the main ways that I have noticed the destruction of the black family structure and some history behind it stemming from slavery. So, obviously, during slavery, when the Africans were brought over to America, families were separated and children were taken from their parents and husbands and wives were sold to different slave masters and the women were objectified and sexualized while the men were beaten down and stripped of their manhood the women were also raped and they often had children by their white slave masters in which obviously those slave masters didn't consider those children to be theirs so that was the start of I guess you can say single parent households because you have these black women who are slaves who if they were allowed to keep their children they were only allowed to keep their children under the guises of having sexual relationships with their slave masters and then they had the burden placed on them of taking care of slave children as well as the white children in the homes so black women have had the burden of being single parents for centuries it kind of created resentment I would say in the women and they internalized the fact that they basically couldn't depend on the black man to come to their rescue or to help them because the black men were not allowed. Obviously, after slavery, there was a period of time where black families were thriving, but it began to threaten white society and they had to find a way to further impede upon the back the black family structure and since this is a patriarchal society they saw fit to remove the man from the family which would in turn crumble the black family and this was seen during Jim Crow and during the 60s 
which Daniel Patrick Moynihan created a report that focused on the black family and he was influenced by the civil rights movement. He believed that an undue optimism about the pending passage of civil rights legislation was obscuring a pressing problem, which was a deficit of employed black men of strong character. He believed that this deficit went a long way toward explaining the African-American community's relative poverty. Moynihan began searching for a way to press the point within the Johnson administration. He felt that he had to write a paper about the Negro family, which he later called the Negro family. Moynihan later recalled to explain to the fellows how there was a problem more difficult than they knew. In March of 1965, Moynihan printed up uh, 100 copies of his report. The report was called The Negro Family, The Case for the National Action. Unsigned, it was meant to be an internal government document with only one copy distributed at first and the 99 kept locked in a vault. Running against the tide of optimism around civil rights, the Negro family argued that the federal government was underestimating the damage done to black families by three centuries of sometimes unimaginable mistreatment, as well as a racist virus in the American bloodstream, which would continue to plague blacks in the future. And this is a direct quote, a direct quote from his report. He said, that the Negro American has survived at all is extraordinary. A lesser people might simply have died out, as indeed others have, but it may not be supposed that the Negro American community has not paid a fearful price for the incredible mistreatment to which it has been subjected over the past three centuries. The Negro family, battered and harassed by discrimination, injustice, and uprooting, is in the deepest trouble. While many young Negroes are moving ahead to unprecedented levels of achievement, many more are falling further and further behind. Out-of-wedlock births were on the rise, and with them, welfare dependency, while the unemployment rate among black men remained high. Moynihan believed that at the core of these problems lay a black family structure mutuated by white oppression. In essence, the Negro community has been forced into a matriarchal structure which, because it is so out of line with the rest of the American society, seriously retards the progress of the group as a whole and imposes a crushing burden on the Negro male and, in consequence, on a great many Negro women as well. In a word, most Negro youth are in danger of being caught up in the tangle of pathology that affects their world and probably a majority are so entrapped. Many of those who escape do so for one generation only. As things now are, their children may have to run the gauntlet all over again. That is not the least vicious aspect of the world that white America has made for the Negro. So basically, in essence, his analysis suggested that marriage forces men and women to focus on the future and not just the noun and it puts them in a position to plan to earn to save and to focus their energy on advancing their children and preparing them for adulthood on the other hand he suggested that the negro family structure was not equal and 
His analysis went on to suggest that single mothers in the ghettos could not provide stable homes for their children and that such mothers are unlikely to shape their children's character and ability. For me, I believe that his analysis was rooted in misogyny and patriarchy in which this country was basically founded on um, because he put such a strong emphasis on the fact that black men were not treated as equal, but he never said anything about about the women of the family, which I can understand why, because women basically had no rights. Like they couldn't work, they couldn't vote, they couldn't do shit. The fact that these women were not only single mothers, but they were black single mothers, it was just like a double-edged sword. Then if you go down into talking about mass incarceration and the fact that they strategically took men out of the home to further place a burden on the black family structure, um, we saw that with Richard Nixon's administration and his war on drugs and the rhetoric that he used to be tough on crime. But then when the Reagan administration came, they ended up doubling the prison population, which made it disproportionately bad for communities of color, where we saw many, many black men and black women being thrown into prison for small petty crimes. They were being thrown into prison for nonviolent drug crimes. They were given much longer prison sentences for the same crimes that their white counterparts also committed Um, And then with the 1994 crime bill, we just saw an even bigger surge in mass incarceration because the 1994 crime bill basically gave money to states that basically bloated their prison systems and the prison numbers just skyrocketed from there. So communities of color were and still are disproportionately affected by the prison system. Not only is single-parent households systemic and being manufactured by the government, but then, like I said earlier, it basically becomes like an internalized thing where now our now the Black community is basically known for having single parent households. And I know that not all black families are raised that way, but I know I was raised by a single mother and I know that so many other children are raised by single mothers and sometimes single fathers. Um, But it seems to be a stigma surrounding the black community that black men are absentee fathers and the burden always falls back on the black women. And it has been sensationalized also in music and pop culture and media where we have rappers rapping about how many baby mothers they got. And we see all of these different characters in movies where you see black women working three and four jobs to make sure that they can keep a roof over their children's heads and... Everything just always falls black falls back on the black woman. So I wanted to have a discussion about this on today. And yeah. So friend, 
what did you find? So a lot of the stuff that you were saying was some of the research that I um, found as well. I'm glad that you talked about slavery. And I think that that's something that we always reiterate here on the podcast, especially when we were talking about the current um, state of the country right now based on Black Lives Matter and the continuous amount of Black women and men being murdered by the police. So this conversation kind of was like a bullet point in that topic as well. I sat down with the question that you posed and wrote down some things um, that I thought were concepts that could, might be, quote unquote, destroying the black family structure. One concept that I came up with was the idea of capitalism. Um, The fact that our society is so driven um, by money and how black and white men and women are disproportionate at at the rate of how much they're getting paid and the types of jobs that are offered to them causes a riff um, in allowing the black um, father to be present um, as consistently as I'm, I'm guessing like white fathers because of the fact that they have the option to, mm-hmm. um, especially with black um, men and women having the majority of the jobs in is it considered are they called blue collar jobs mm-hmm. are those like the middle okay like yeah having blue collar jobs so those types of jobs don't allow you the same benefits as corporate um I'm guessing corporate companies in the sense of benefit options like PTO time Um, vacation packages and things like that so a lot of times the black male has to work a substantial amount of time to basically provide for the family so in the dynamic of being present might be um, lower because of the financial burden that they have to place on themselves to provide to keep um, their homes up to date and like together and their family together and I wasn't raised in a um, single parent home I was raised with two parents but I feel as though that that concept um, a little bit translate in my life because uh, my father wasn't in I guess he was like in the higher range of blue collar jobs. He was a social worker. Um, So what he did was create um, boys homes in the DC area. So any kids that were in between high school and they're kind of like on their last strike of going to jail or prison, this was the home that they would go to to kind of refocus them back into getting back into school and the concept of what they want to do with their life and trying to keep the risk down of them going to jail. And a lot of times my dad worked um, a substantial amount of hours there that a lot of times he couldn't be 100% present home because he was trying to provide the finances for the house. So my mom had to be the sole like home caretaker for us. Um, And... Not saying that the dynamic of our structure was destroyed that way, but if we didn't have, I'm guessing, the positivity of our mom to keep 
reiterating that kind of family dynamic, it could have gone left um, and caused a hindrance, especially because it's two girls and one boy. And especially like for Malik to see that dynamic, it also can create a repetition in his family when he creates um, a family or his home. Another thing that I looked up was the concept of redlining. And basically in today's society, that would be um, gentrification. It's basically the refusal of loans from the government. And, oh, it was a part developed by in the New Deal um, by the federal government. It was the concept of basically keeping poor people in their own communities and not allowing them to move into the suburb areas. And then when they did move to the suburb areas, that means that the white people that were living there would move away from those areas, turning them into quote unquote ghettos, um, which we continuously see in media reiterated that where black people live and are located, it's always in ghetto areas and never in the suburban areas that are considered the American dream, kind of the white picket fence where you would have a successful perfect family instead of in these urban ghetto Mm -hmm. areas. And you can still see that to this day because a lot of times now, Um, The prices are being increased on housing, so it's causing black people to be pushed out of areas that they have been. It's funny, like, how they've been, like, subject to be in because when they were making, especially in D.C., I know, like, for instance, Georgetown is was considered originally like the slums of DC. And then to kind of to see Georgetown now, and the fact that it's the higher end area, very expensive, only a lot of white people um, live there, and kind of see like how that dynamic changed based off of if white people live there, or non black people live there versus if black people live there. And I think that that dynamic also, um, That concept also creates a rift in how you uh, see your family and see the dynamic of your family because you're looking at society, looking at how what the concept of a perfect family is and it isn't in those rundown areas. It's always in the, the perfect suburban areas. And I think that that's also a concept that can contribute to the destruction of a black family. And then also to add on to that concept, I know a lot of times um, we talk about the disproportionate rate of how black people own property versus white people, but we must also understand like our history. So when the housing market had its boom, a lot of black families, like he was saying, um, the dynamic of them was super strong and they were moving into areas to create this concept of a American dream full family the husband and wife with children and during that time a lot of them were allowed to like put their names on the lease or deeds to their homes so white people had to put their names down as beating as being the owners of those homes so if those white people had died and could not um, sign over the lease to the actual owner a lot of times it still stayed in that white person family's name, which causes down the line when property is being passed down from people's grandparents or great-grands, it's at a disproportionate rate because 
the black black families and were not allowed to even sign deeds to be in their name. That's also something that is a huge disadvantage for success um, for black families because I feel like a lot of times what can also cause rifts is just the day-to-day struggles that people that don't have to think about that can really flourish in their family's um, positivity and growth versus if you have to think about things of how I'm going to feed my family, how I'm going to pay for food, how am I going to pay for housing, clothing, and things like that, it can cause huge stress and especially like financial issues always can cause a rift um with anyone if that's y'all are married or just dating or anything like that so to have those types of incidents occur and still seeing how they affect um us in society today uh, is a huge factor um to our destroying of our black family structures and I also put the last thing as toxic masculinity as well when you were talking about um just men having multiple um baby moms but then not the fact that you have multiple baby moms but just not showing up in your family's life or your children's life and just reproducing with no consequences and I think that that is something that based off of slavery and things like that and moving forward in today's society it's just a perpetuated stereotype that we just fall into so easily and never try to fight those or combat those kinds of ideas um to make changes in our culture or in our society so those were my things um that were kind of like just an add-on to what you uh, sad. Yeah, I do. Um, I do agree. That's why I kind of wanted to give like a small, brief, I guess, history mm-hmm. about the black family because I think that a lot of what we see stems from a lot of those old school practices that were pretty much forced upon our community as a way to keep us at a lower level and to keep white people in power in this society because if back in Africa family was huge like African civilizations were really big on family and when the white man started to colonize and brought slaves here they saw a way to weaken those people and they used I wouldn't call it propaganda because at first it was just basically through word of mouth and they tried to make it seem like the Africans were uncivilized and they weren't able to fiend for themselves which was a lie. So that's why they had to basically keep education away from us. And then you take away the family. So nobody has anybody to rely on. The women can't rely on their men. The men can't rely on their women. They have to rely on the white people to give them everything. And it's just history repeating itself. No, now we're not slaves and 
we're technically not waiting for the white man to feed us, but in some ways we still are. Because if we look at the jobs, we still have higher unemployment rates. We still have lower incomes. We're still fighting for equal pay for men and for women. And all of that just goes back to what you were saying about having to worry about small things like finances or wondering if you're going to be able to keep your home, wondering if you're going to be able to get a home, wondering where your next meal is going to come from. And of course, now we have rights and we have a way to get shit done. But this company, not this company, (laughs) this country is still running on those same practices from when we first started basically like new age governing. We're still going by the same constitution that said that we were property and not people. So the strain on the black family just runs so deep. And I think that these types of conversations are important to know where it stems from and to know the roots of the issues so that we can do our due diligence in educating ourselves and making better choices. Because like the girl said in the tweet that I first read, there's men that are still out here having children and not taking care of them. There's women still out here allowing men to impregnate them and not holding them accountable. And nobody gives a fuck. So if we're not holding each other accountable, who do you think will? And then that just brings me to my next point. I don't think that marriage is the only way to have a strong black family or I don't think that's the perfect picture image of a black family structure because there are people in marriages who are miserable and their children see their misery and their disdain for each other and those children grow up internalizing that behavior and it just repeats itself in their marriages not always but more often than not and then you have those parents who are separated and then you have the situations where now the children feel like they're forced to choose between their parents and that's where I was when I was a child because my parents were never married they just had a fucking kid out of wedlock (laughs) like most people do (laughs) um and They did not get along at all when I was younger. They basically fucking hated each other. And a lot of it was... Well, I know my dad's family had a lot of animosity towards my mom because when my mom met my dad, my dad was still in college. He was still going to Howard. I think he was in his last year of Howard or his second to last year. I don't remember. And they felt like my mom was a bad influence on my dad. And they felt like 
she tricked him into having a fucking kid. (laughs) And they thought that it would somehow, like, stop him from graduating or it would hinder his success as an adult. So, I just don't understand how they put so much blame on my mother when she didn't fucking lay down and get pregnant by herself. Nobody put a gun to my father's head and told him to have unprotected sex and then in turn produce a fucking kid. And when I was growing up, like I said, they didn't get along. So I will always hear my dad speaking negatively about my mom or I would always hear my mom speaking negatively about my dad. And here I was, a fucking child, not knowing what was going on. And I'm in the middle of these two adults. And I feel like I have to choose who I want to basically be the parent that takes care of me. And since I was so used to being with my mom, naturally I gravitated more towards my mother And then when my dad remarried, it just felt like there was like a rift between me and my dad that I really didn't know how to, I really didn't know how to fix it because again, I was a fucking child and I don't know. I just never felt comfortable being myself around my dad because I felt like he would judge me and basically talk about me how he talked about my mom because I felt like I acted just like my mom and everything about me I learned from my mother. So whenever I would go around my dad and his family, I felt the need to change and be somebody different because I just didn't feel accepted by them. So that's another part of destroying the black family structure. Even if the parents don't make it work as a couple, it is imperative that you don't allow your children to see you bashing the other parent or talking shit about the other parent or making the child feel like they have to choose between their parents because both of you are equally important in that child's life. And then it just makes the child grow up being fucking confused. Because I know I was confused as fuck growing up. Like, I didn't know. And then I remember when I was in mm, seventh grade. It was either seventh or eighth grade. And I remember that we had to, me and my mom and my sister, we had to move back in with my grandmother. And I didn't want to live there because I just didn't want to stay there. So I told my dad that I wanted to come live with him. So he said, okay. And I just remember all of us sitting down. We were at, we went to like a library or something. It was me, my mom, and my dad. And we sat down and talked about it. And I told my mom that I didn't want to live with her anymore. And I had lived with her full time my whole life. I would go to my dad's house on the weekends. And then I would stay with my dad during the summer. But for the most part, I lived with my mom my whole life. And I told her that I didn't want to live with her no more. And it hurt her feelings so bad. Like, 
she started crying oh I'm about to cry she started crying and she was just so upset at me and I told her like it wasn't anything against her it was just the fact that I didn't like the living situation that we had to have and I think it made her feel like less of a woman or less less of a mother because she felt like she couldn't provide the lifestyle for me that I wanted and she felt like she had worked so hard to raise me up to that point and it felt like I was turning my back on her but for me I felt like I was a child and I just wanted to be a child and I didn't want to have to worry about all of the fucking chaos that came with living back at my grandmother's house. And I told my mom, like, mom, it's okay. It's just for the time being. And I'll come over to your house on the weekends like I used to do with my dad. And she told me, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to ever see me again. And I don't know. It was just so fucking dramatic. So I went and lived with my dad for a year. And... I fucking hated it. (laughs) Like, I literally hated living with my father. And it wasn't because... I don't know what it was about it, but... I just never felt like I could be myself around him. Why'd you stay so long? Honestly, because I did not want to live in my grandmother's house. (laughs) That was really... That was really the real reason. Um, Yeah, I just didn't want to live in my grandmother's house. So I decided that even though I hated living with my father and my stepmother, I just felt like me having my own privacy, my own privacy and me having my own space was more important than me wanting to go back to live with my mom. Um... So, yeah, that was, like, really big for me. Honestly, the back and forth between my mom and my dad have really has shaped the person that I became because that shit was so stressful. And as a child, like, you just shouldn't have to deal with that. Like, I feel like children are so innocent and children do not ask to be here. So, any issues that you may have with the person that you chose to have a kid with, you chose to lay down and have unprotected sex with, your child should not feel any of that burden because that's not their burden to carry. And luckily for me, um, I've always been, like, pretty independent and I didn't allow those experiences that I had with family to really hinder me as badly as it could have. Because Lord knows that shit was not easy. Not easy at all. And then I used to be like, I used to be jealous of, like, kids that I would see in school that 
still had both of their parents at home because I don't know. Like, it just always seemed like the grass is greener. (laughs) Yeah, it just always seemed like they had it good. Like, you don't have to worry about going back and forth between two parents' homes or you don't have to worry about your parents fighting over you. Like, my parents went to court for, like, a custody hearing. And I had to go talk to, like, what was that person called? I was about to say a grief counselor, but that's what? not what they were called. <laughs> the ones that actually, like, who, what parent do you want to be with? Or how's your, like, yeah. living situation? Yeah, but I for, they were called a, um... Damn it, I don't remember the term for it, but... I'm just like, bitch, I'm a kid. Why the fuck am I sitting in court talking to y'all about this shit? Like... Yeah. Figure it the fuck out. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, I wouldn't want that for anyone. And I I did see this, um... I think this was a tweet, like, a long time ago, though. And they were saying, like, as much as much trauma as we have as kids, we also have to be, like, super understanding that our parents were once kids as well. And so whatever happened to them as a child shaped them to be the parents that they are delivering to you. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's the best that they have based off of the information and knowledge that they know. And it's just, like, kind of looking at looking at that concept to be, like, for every parent, they are somebody's child as well. And I was like, I thought that that was so, so interesting because it's like a concept that we don't really always think about or like go to um, first just because it's like you're the child to those parents and you're just like, you're supposed to be the parents and you're supposed to have your shit together because that's what the TVs and the cartoons and the movies all say. It's like the parents are supposed to just be like, There should be no question. I shouldn't have to ever think about those things. But especially being black kids, it's never that easy or that simple. And it's really saddening that it always has to be, it always has to be a struggle no matter like what age you are. Like you're just, you're just like struggling to like honestly just make it. And I think that's why it's so important to create your own family dynamic. Like now that you know like what, what the issues that kind of shaped you it's like redirecting those generational curses to create a whole new dynamic and I think what is important is you and your partner having an open dialogue and conversation to decide what is what does a black family structure mean to you or what does that in general because I think a lot of times we try to fit the mold of whatever society says is supposed to be it like you were saying like you don't think that marriage makes a strong black family structure that's not the only way that Mm -hmm. you should see that and I think that's so important to be able to just have those conversations because like what does it because I've seen families where it's like uh, this one guy he he has um it's him and he has two wives and they have a family it seems super strong super balanced like the kids are happy um the financial issues or burdens that they have is not as big because they they've communicated with each other to create a dynamic that is what they feel is perfect for their family so it's like and even to think like um 
a homosexual family, who is to say that those families are not strong just because it has two males or two females or trans? It's just like the energy that is required in any family, I believe, is a, a, is a yin and yang. And I think like we get caught up on the fact that it's like, two men so you assume that both men have the same energy of a male or or just male dominant energy and that's not the case and i think what we also need to come up change our idea of you need to have a nurturing balance as well as a stern balance in your home and that's really what creates that dynamic that we quote unquote consider male or female um and I think that it doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. It really just matters how that family shapes um, in a positive way. And we shouldn't just get caught up on like just one concept of just marriage because sometimes that doesn't work. Some people have the ability to co-parent excellently. And that was the best thing that they were supposed to do. They were there to create that child and then they were supposed to co-parent. And I think that that is, if you understand that and are honest with yourself, that makes it easier so the child can literally just be a child and your family can thrive. And even having like bonus kids and other things like that, it's like those things are positive to creating a strong structure and keeping like our as black people like our culture and everything thriving yeah I think a lot of it is definitely ego and especially in these um family dynamics where the two parents are separated or they don't work out in a relationship and it's a lot of blaming the other person and pointing the finger and when you're trying to raise a child there's no room for ego there's no room for pointing fingers because everything now is about the betterment of that child. And of course, you still have your own issues, but those need to be worked out separate from the way that you raise your kid. Because a lot of issues that adults have are from childhood trauma and that shit could easily be avoided by just sitting down and being adults about most situations that come up and finding a solution instead of pointing the finger and placing the blame on somebody else because we all have a part in the decisions that we make and then going back to what you said about homosexuality and same-sex couples raising children I find nothing wrong with that which is why this tweet really like sparked my interest because there are some heterosexual couples that do not deserve to be parents just point blank and a period (laughs) they're neglectful I just saw a video today where this fucking girl took her baby to the club, left her baby in the car while she went and partied in the club. And these group of men walked up to her car and started recording and was like, yo, whose car is this? It's a baby in the back. The girl comes out of the club acting surprised like it wasn't her car. And she was like, oh, really? It's a baby in there? What? 
and then she was basically trying to say that it was somebody else's kid that was in the club and that the girl told her to come move her car. And I was just like, <laughs> what? what the fuck? <laughs> girl, that video was very strange. <laughs> and then when they were talking about calling the police, the girl came and got in the car and drove away. And I'm just like, really? It's that important for you to go to the club that you leave a fucking baby? The baby probably was like one. If she was even one. You left a baby. Girl, she was asleep at first in the back seat in her car seat. But all of the windows were up. So she was getting like no air. And then she finally woke up. Yes. She finally woke up because the guy was uh, like shining his light in the car. So I'm just like, there are men and women who have children that do not deserve children. But y'all are out here talking about homosexuality destroying the black family no it's not and i think it's funny because homosexuality is um not a new concept no it's not (laughs) through everything from the beginning of time it has existed it's just the fact that i guess it was more like under like literally under 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 the house that no one wanted to talk about it Um, but now I guess because it's such a concept that it seems like it's being spoken, spoken about so often now it's becoming like, it's the main issue to the downfall of our families when it's just like, there's always been gay 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 for centuries. (laughs) Yes. Like it's always been gay people. So why today would they be destroying the family structure? That that doesn't make any sense. If anything, them not being able to be themselves and, them yes. being down low for me that is destroying the back the black family more than them just being openly gay and being happy and loving who they want to love i don't understand why that is such a hard concept for people to understand why does it bother you that this person wants to love who the fuck they want to love? Why does it matter to you? Why do you care? And then people want to act like, oh, people just choose this and it's just a trend. Sweetie, on top of the fact that these people are black, do you also think that they would choose to be gay? To be ridiculed the way that they are? <laughs> to be fucking murdered because they are gay? To be harassed, to be beat up. like That's always my point. (laughs) Do you think that a person would choose this? Just the same another struggle. Right. (laughs) Just the same way that you knew that when you were a kid, you liked girls or you liked boys. These people knew that they also liked the same sex. They were attracted to the same sex. Why is that such a hard concept to understand? And why does it matter? Why should they not why should they not be allowed to be parents or to raise families when there are people out here that give their children away or have their children taken from them and put into the foster care system and now we have an influx of children in the foster care system with nobody to love them. But these people that want to come and spread their love and joy to children, y'all are saying that they shouldn't? Because you're afraid? 
because of your complex? No, that does not sit right with me at all. At all. Meanwhile, you got men out here that's dogging the fuck out of every black woman they see. Then you got black men out here that's running to go have families with white women, which that's an even deeper topic to get into because I don't want to judge nobody. But (laughs) if we're going to blame one group of people, we have to blame all of the people. (laughs) And then also we're talking about homosexuality destroying the black family but y'all don't say nothing about y'all pedophile uncles and cousins and how the elders how the elders in the family sweep that shit under the rug that destroys family too pedophilia molestation at a young age and it's not even just girls being molested little boys are being molested as well in the family family members are doing this and we see how the fuck that turns out look at fucking r kelly there's so much to unpack about this issue that i don't even know how to begin to fix it It's just another conversation about, like, basically black people and how our history really has affected where we are still to this day. And it seems as though, like, the conversations always, they're either not talked about or stated, but there is like the community aspect to kind of like resolve these issues we just haven't got to that point yet where it's like strong enough to go against all of the issues that are occurring at once Mm -hmm. it's like it's just so many things happening and i think that what happens also is like social media allows um everyone to have an opinion about something and it's just it's like the opinion just seems so blanket like it's just like it's a matter of fact like this is what it is instead of looking at how like well how did we get here like Mm -hmm. what's the reasons behind it and that's why it's like so important for like when Kia said at the beginning to state like the history aspect to this topic it did not just pop up yesterday like this is something that is a continuous thing from from where our roots are and then to see media or government to say that it is us by ourselves is so counterproductive and so disrespectful that it's like someone screaming that this has happened to me and everyone is telling you no it didn't and it's like no it's just you like apparently others are getting things done rapidly and it's happening for them but it's only you guys that it's not working for so we don't know why this is happening and i'm like don't keep telling us the fucking numbers about 
things that's going wrong or why we're disproportionate it's like okay now that we have that cute little fact please let's make some changes here like at this point I'm fact out because I I went to high school I went I went to college I know that part now I would like to be in in the turn of events of history where things are changed so that our kids can be like oh yeah we don't even have that conversation anymore it's something else like we're fighting over space like we're fighting over to have like a little slither of space like I don't want to talk about fucking race issues and like in our family structures and things like that anymore I want to talk about something that's different that's groundbreaking at this point because this shit is is basic at this point and it's like we're trying to cover it up with other other things that are occurring and that's why I feel like as black people we need to understand no matter what we are all black, so that is our common denominator to keep us as a community. I don't care if you're gay, I don't care if you're trans, I don't care if you identify as they, whatever. I now see you as the color, the same color as me, and we just need to work on the fact that we have to become a community together. Forget the rest of these other people. And when you see somebody fucking disrespecting one of our own... The shit is not funny and it's not a moment for you to record it and go viral for the laughs because I also saw that over the weekend, these three trans women were attacked in Hollywood and they were robbed and beat up by an entire group of fucking men and these men were recording it like it was on their story while these women were being robbed and attacked and one of the one of the girls she was black the dude bashed her in the back of her head with a fucking bottle she was on the ground unconscious for a couple of minutes and people were just walking by recording and laughing it's not okay it's not fucking okay. It's not fucking comedy hour. And it's the what expense if, of someone's life. Right. Like, come on now. We got to do better. As men, y'all got to do better. Y'all got to do fucking better. Like, why was that a moment for you to dehumanize somebody because you don't agree with their life choices? Why do you care? Why the fuck do you care? And there was people in the comments talking about, oh, she probably deserved it. She probably tried to trick him. And it's like, what? What does that mean? Tried to trick him. We're still having those conversations as well. The tricks, the lies. When y'all niggas are lying all the time about your dick size, about your sex game, about your financial status, about About your hairline. like let's come on really be real be fucking for real now the fact that you washed your ass today and y'all are talking about she tricked them i really doubt it yes it gives me it's giving me that you're secretly yes that's it be with these people Mm -hmm. or you secretly want to be trans as well you just have not really fix that for yourself yes because that's the same that's the same concept in which they that the reason why 
black people are being murdered. You secretly and openly want, want to, to be, be us mm -hmm. because you think it's cool. Because mm -hmm. you know that anything that we touch turns amazing. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck? What is wrong with y'all? These, these niggas are really fucking wild. They're insane, girl. But it's like full on video. Look, these men are like chasing these women. Girl, at one point, this one, the dude right there with the black, with the red shorts on. Wait, he was the one that hit the girl upside her head with the bottle. But they, look at this. Look at this shit. One of the dudes threw a fucking scooter at one of the girls. And then. This was in, in Hollywood? This was, yeah. Well, in L.A.? Hold on. Then you about to see the dude run up and hit the girl in, in the back of her head with the bottle. Do you see this shit? And now she's like on the ground. And friend, these people are laughing. And you looking the way you fucking looking. It. I was looking at this like this is insane, insane. And then this is what these would be the moments where it's like I have no problem with hood ass niggas that handle shit. But I wish these niggas would fall the fucking line and yes. handle some stuff. Because I feel as though, I think one thing that is missing in our family structure is the respect of elders. Because a lot of times, like, an older person can come, especially, like, that the person that's in, quote-unquote, the hood that everybody knows, like, don't fuck with them. When they say this, it mm -hmm. means, like, it's no games. We need more of those people to start protecting, especially our communities and our neighborhoods, again, to really have that kind of, like, threat. Because these younger niggas have no fear. They have and something no is morals. wrong with them. They have no <laughs> values. And that's because... It's like they don't care. They don't. They have nothing to care about. They were not raised with morals. That's just the bottom line because back in like the 90s, even the 2000s, men knew not to be out here fucking with women. Like, the older <laughs> niggas in the hood was going to beat your ass if you was in the hood fucking with women. Yes. And it's always like, oh, fight me because I am that nigga. We can fight. Right. It was always women and children and elderly people are off limits. And now, yes. these little niggas have no remorse for anybody. No remorse. Like, will, will real life square up with a woman how does that make you a man? You gotta be the biggest bitch I've ever seen to <laughs> real life square up with a fucking woman? Really? Now, don't get me wrong. Some of these women are wild and they be out here hitting niggas. Sweetie, I don't know what to tell you about that. But that's not what this conversation is about. <laughs> these women were actually just minding their business, living their best life <laughs> right. by themselves. And it's like they, I know for a fact that those women would have never chatted with y'all. Because y'all probably tried to talk to them. Y'all probably tried to talk to them from behind. They probably dished y'all. And then you probably realized that they were trans women. And now you want to beat them up. But see, and I think that's what the issue is. It's like, 
I think we get, have to, like, identify everything in their own fucking box. If they're now women, they're just women. Like, I feel as though, like, I think that's what causes a lot of issues, yes. too. Because now it's like, I have to say that I'm a trans woman. No, you're just a woman. Now, if you are in a relationship with someone or if there is going to be that kind of dialogue, then, yes, you have the option to let them know, right. hey, I first was this. But it's like, it's still up to you. Because even that conversation where I feel like if you were tricked or something like that, because you... It wasn't nobody woman, no fucking trick. They just be out here wanting to say that. These men... That's what I'm saying, like... And I think, like, every woman, every trans woman is not giving a, a Janet mock, which is, like, I understand that. So, it's just, like, I feel like the conversations can be had when it's a person that is important to that person. But right. just day to day, no, I don't feel as I though that you to have disclose. to tell me. Yeah, it's like, you don't have to tell me shit. Because that's My just, like, like that's, stupid. that's just for, like, cisgender women. When I meet a man, I'm not out here telling him all the men that I've slept with or yeah. shit about my sexual past. Like, I can no, hold things to myself. <laughs> that's not any of your business, what I've done prior to our relationship. Now, if I choose to disclose that information with you, okay, but it's not expected. So mm-hmm. give or them acquired. that same... Right. So give them that same respect. Period. They're not obligated. Especially not no random ass niggas on the street. Who the fuck are you? And then another thing I want to talk about, about destroying the black family is domestic violence. Like, that is a huge one. Huge. So many black women have died at the hands of their fucking spouses or boyfriends for crazy ass shit. Stupid shit. I remember when we were younger, I don't remember what year this was. I don't know if we were in high school or middle school. I don't know, but this girl, she was in a domestic situation with her boyfriend and I think the girl worked at T-Mobile or something and the nigga went up to her job and set her on fucking oh, fire. yeah. That had to be in high school. I do remember that. He, like, yes. threw gasoline or something yes. on her. Yes, and, and set her and on set fucking fire. There's just countless, like, stories like that. Even with most recently, they, um, I think it was in Georgia, schools started back, like, virtual schools started back, and... The kid was in there on their online class. The other students could see, the other teachers, the teacher could see. And the teacher said that she noticed arguing in the background. So she muted that child's um, sound so the rest of the kids wouldn't hear. And then she said she fucking saw the mom get fucking shot. While this kid, she says she saw the child cover their ears. And then she sees sees the woman get shot and, like, fall to the ground. By her, it was her ex-boyfriend. The amount of trauma that is just occurring over and over again is ridiculous. It's a lot. It's a lot. And like I said, I have witnessed domestic violence 
myself. The one thing that really sticks out to me, actually, there's multiple situations that really stick out to me. But I remember, actually, I remember two. I will never, for like, this shit replays in my mind like this shit happened yesterday. And this shit happened when I was, like, six, seven. But I remember one time I was, um... I was in my room and my mom, how did it happen? She was on the phone and she was sitting on my bed because her and my sister's father had been arguing and she just didn't want to be around him because he was drinking. And whenever he started drinking, he would just get fucking crazy and lose his mind. So she came in my room and she was talking on the phone And I remember him walking into my room and like starting to yell at my mother and my mother, mind you, again, my mother is on the phone, minding her own business, talking to her friend. So she starts laughing, but she's again on the phone laughing with her friend. So my sister's father was like, um, you think some shit funny? You think it's funny? And when I tell you he backhanded the fuck out of my mother in my fucking face, hit my mother so hard that the phone flew out of her hand, her nail broke. I will never forget that shit. And I remember another time we had this, we were living in a different house at this time and my mother wouldn't let him come to the house to get his stuff because she could tell that he had been drinking. So she was like, no. And I just remember me and my sister sitting on the steps because in this house, the steps were like right as you came in the front door. So we were sitting on the steps and I could hear him outside the front door yelling and screaming and cursing at my mother telling my mother mother to open the door and she's like no I'm not opening the door because you're drunk and he's like man I live here too my daughter is in there open the fucking door like going off this motherfucker kicks our door in like full on (laughs) kicks our fucking door in To the point where we couldn't even stay there that night because it was a big-ass hole in the front door. So, when I tell you domestic violence is a big fucking problem and nobody cares unless somebody dies. Because I, even that night when he kicked the door in, my mother called the police and they were basically like, they couldn't do shit. They let him come in the house, get his clothes, and he just left for the night. But they didn't arrest him or nothing. Like, it was, they couldn't do shit. Wow. I remember having to leave our house in the middle of the night to walk to the police station the police don't do shit they don't care there's nothing they can do nothing that they will do until somebody is fucking in the hospital or dead and I'm just so thankful that my mother was able to get out of that situation but 
I will never forget that shit. None of it. Ever. And it's crazy because that situation can go one of two ways. Like, the child can grow up to become an abuser or they can grow up and be in abusive situations. Luckily for me, I'm not either of those two. And I was able to basically fucking teach myself what to not look for in a man and what signs to look for in an abusive man. That's why I don't play none of that play fighting shit. Like, okay, we might play fight a little bit. Like, we got these little sock and bopper things. But any of that aggressive as throw me up against the wall, choke me, no. I don't play none of that shit because what might start off as a game and you playing could lead to something way more dangerous that I don't have time for. Because like I said in another episode, I will kill you. Period. And yeah. So I really think that we need... I don't know if things have gotten better for like domestic abuse victims, but we definitely need better protocols in place for people that suffer from domestic violence because as a from what i know there ain't shit that could be done at all and it's sad yeah i think that was really all i had to say though so did you have anything else friend no that was that was it for me i mean Overall, we got a lot of shit to work on still. (laughs) Still, and I just hope that our generation is where a lot of this shit stops. Or even the generation after us, because it's been going on for far too long. Far too long. And this topic can go even deeper in so much more shit we could talk about, but... I'm not about to talk y'all to death. (laughs) So with all of that being said, we want to thank you for listening to us. And we will see you back here next week for another episode of Melanin Matters. Peace. Peace.